This is Hearts of Oak Podcast. Free speech, religious disagreement, children's rights, and open and free discussion on any topic are bedrock to a democratic free society, and we seek to promote and champion these basic rights. Join us. Let's keep the conversation going. And it's absolutely wonderful to have Jennifer Akuri back with us again. Jennifer, thank you so much for joining us. And you've just disappeared as I introduced you. <laughs> Where did your... I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I thought you'd done a disappearing act just before we started. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, here. I'm here. It's good to have you with us, Jennifer. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's exciting to be back with you, Peter. Great to have you. And I saw you at Matt Latiss on earlier on uh, one of your podcasts. Uh, we've had Matt on quite a few times, got to know him. But people can find you at Jennifer underscore Akuri on Twitter and, of course, on Telegram, Real Jennifer Akuri. The links are down below. And also Jennifer Akuri channel on Podbean. Take your pick of where you want to follow Jennifer and also Twitter Spaces, which we'll talk about in a moment. Um, let's bring up, and probably a lot of the stories are across the pond with you, stateside. Most of them are taken from Jennifer's Twitter account. So if you like any of these stories, it'll give you a flavor of what Jennifer is talking about. But let's jump in this first story. And this is Sam Bankman. Uh, the strange case of this individual. And it's that prosecutors have dropped campaign finance charge against Sam Bankman-Fried. Uh, his legal team had argued that the US had mishandled the process of extraditing him from the Bahamas. Uh, Jennifer, it's a curious case that it seems to be he is absolutely guilty of defraud, and yet he seems to be outside the reach of the authorities. Um, how is this playing out from your point of view? Well, Peter, I'm not sure if we've spoken about it much, but I'm a, a, a big XRP and Ripple advocate, and I've, hold, I've held XRP for a while and have watched, you know, over the last three years, the SEC maliciously attack a company that has been nothing but transparent, you know, causing them to spend hundreds of millions of dollars in a court. Meanwhile, Sam Bankman walks free. And, you know, and, and, and it goes without saying it is suspicious when this same individual is one of the leading donors, you know, of the Democrat Party and, you know, is also given to the Republicans. So it's not just a one-sided uh, payout there, but you know, equally, it does ask, what's the what's the real story with this kid? Why is it even did they were defending him? Kevin O'Leary, etc. All the big media talking heads on this, trying to almost placate the public into believing it was okay. When you have people that have you know lost their assets, they have not you know, been able to claim back what they had invested on this platform or didn't have access to their tokens or uh, it's just unbelievable the double standard and the duplicity here that we're seeing within the legal system. And this was just one of those glaring stories that, you know, again, shows the public 
the double standard, um, you know, across the board. But in this case, within the crypto and digital asset space. Um, do you think, I mean, he seems to be outside the reach. Is it that he has donated money, as you said, to to both parties? Um, what What is it that is holding back the authorities from just flattening him, taking him to the cleaners? Sure. Well, I mean, if we look into FTX and this has been going on for months and months, I mean, there's there's, you know, assumptions around laundering through, you know, this war with Ukraine. I mean, being able to, you know, launder literally anything anywhere through, a, you know, a, a, a giant crypto exchange that gets shut down with millions going missing. No one's really you know, asking the question of where the funds are. They're more, you know, focused on the spotlight around this kid. And, you know, at the beginning, we heard about like sex parties and bizarre funding within the internal team and why that was never scrutinized or asked about, you know, but this, this is, a, I wouldn't say this is a one-off, but this is the biggest case right now within the, you know, that that is really involving both the political corrupt system to which we operate um, and shines this massive spotlight on someone that is any but anything but free from guilt. You know, the the fact that they're they're finding the, the you know, focusing on an extradition, you know, uh, loophole in which to make this man free says he's absolutely protected by the establishment. And, you know, he, 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 when someone is this kind of uh, gets this kind of free pass through the legal system, you can't help but, you know, ask questions around it. And it does raise the eyebrows and suspicion. A hundred percent. I would love to talk to you more about XRP, but we will move Mm -hmm. on because that's a whole topic in itself, which has really been in the headlines recently. Um, Let's jump on to a completely different topic. And that is that we've gone from global boiling to or global warming to global boiling have to get that the right way era of global boiling has arrived says un chief as july is said to be the hottest month on record um and it, it goes into a lot of information there uh there he is you can watch the video of him talking about uh again fear porn of climate um but it does seem, Jennifer, that we've moved from COVID to climate. This is the next emergency we should all panic over. Uh, exactly. I mean, this is all the, their their calculated fear fear porn machine um, that you know puts out the propaganda in which to preoccupy people's minds and to make them complicit and docile. This is essentially the same kind of strategy they've used before, the weaponization of truth, the exploitation of knowledge, and the bastardization of the title expert, to which they get to claim and, you know, hold so dearly on camera. But then anybody who claims to question them or come with, you know, data or science or anything else outside that narrative is debunked and, and, you know, ignored. And what's really interesting, and I know we're not talking, or we haven't really gotten into the the WHO and the pandemic treaty and the world health regulations, et cetera. But, you know, again, we're watching a, 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 you know, a globalist takeover, you know, this UN coming in and deciding to make decisions on behalf of these, of the world, you know, based off their uh, a narrative around how, or what's happening with climate change. 
but you know what's crazy is that the more you look into the their fear porn, their propaganda. I mean, the more you see that this is arsonist. The, these are crimes. These are pe- you know people going out of way to cause this destruction. This is not just by the by you know climate. And then you know when people do use the excuse of well look at Florida's crazy storms for example, you know the hurricanes or the extreme or you know, swings of weather temperatures that we're seeing, one need only spend some time researching HARP and, and, you know, kind of the weaponization of weather. You know, government has been doing this for years. And and we're, you know, actually surprised when they come out and say that, you know, the environment has changed. Go figure. What's with all the chemicals used and the toxics that everywhere between our water, our food, our air? I mean, when does it end? And why do we keep going back to the same chosen few? I mean, the UN is on the top of the list to be, you know, blown up and thrown out into the ocean, descended the, I mean, like throw it into the abyss and hope it never comes back because, you know, the sooner we shut down these kind of elitist, bureaucratic, you know, nonsensical, you know, it's so interesting. Can I just say that what I learned on the spaces this week, because I've been working with UK citizen, the ladies, Jane and Suzanne, oh, they're fascinating women. And they're really, really doing some fantastic work. So if you don't already follow UK citizen, check them out. But they, this brings us into the discussion of what's actually happening uh, within the UN and the world health organizations in these discussions. Um, And it's, it's a lot of lukewarm language that keeps people passive enough right? Docile, you know, like keeps them until they decide to press the go button. And what we're seeing with the climate change stuff is where they're pressing the go button, you know, pushing this out. You know, this is what we need you afraid of now, because this is the agenda we have attached to it. Um, And listening to these ladies, it's really interesting how we assume the bureaucrats who show up on behalf of the elected leaders to which You'd think they're representing, you know, from their each countries, um, how, uh, you know, misguided they are, how busy, how how so many things go on behind closed doors. There's just so much misinformation, even for them on the ground, you know, between the sessions that aren't made public to the, you know, un, uh, unbridled scheduling. And, you know, the way that this is happening, it really does feel like there is an orchestrated from all, all of these globalist angles uh, to ensure that the world complies with their next uh, offering to humanity, you know, and we, we sit here going, wait a minute, <laughs> what, who elected these people, you know, and we're seeing it uh, firsthand now where I don't believe we really paid attention uh, before these last few years. No, exactly. Well, let's look at what the UN have been talking about. Um, let me see if this is uh, this story which is, we own the science. UN official admits they partner with Google to control search results. And let me just play the short video clip, uh, which is this. Uh, and you can hear it from the horse's mouth. Yeah. We partnered with Google, for example. If you Google climate change, you will, at the top of your search, you will get all kinds of UN resources. We 
started this partnership when we were shocked to see that when we Googled climate change, we were getting incredibly distorted uh, information right at the top. So we, we're becoming much more proactive. Um, you know, we own the science and we think that the world, you know, should know it. And, and the platforms themselves also do. Um, but again, it's, it's, it is, um, it's, it's a huge, huge challenge that I think all sectors of society need to be very active in. At that we, we control the science. And I think most people still haven't got it that what we see online is controlled. And she was blatant. You search for one thing, you get UN. We've seen it with COVID. You search for COVID and you get a whole list of government messages. Uh, but the, the debate, she was said, telling us the bit is controlled and the UN are controlling the climate change debate. And they don't want you to know what, you know, other people say. So if there was a website that was pushing up the ranks, <coughs> excuse me, within the Google search, they control who sees what. Again, all part of that, you know, and, and, and I think a lot of people think, well, it's no big deal. It's the UN. It's the WHO. It's the WEF. And half the battle is, is educating people or making them at least aware that whatever they started as, whatever their mission, you know, on their, you know, glossy brochures reads, it, it, that's not what is actually happening within these organizations. These are power grabbing tyrants, dictators, holding the, you know, each one of our politicians, maybe indirectly or directly, um, you know, through these bureaucratic, legislative, you know, boring proceed, you know, all the different many layers. It, it is unbelievable the web that these things serve. And the United Nations now, again, um, you know, with this story coming out and saying we own the science, they're they're blatantly telling you that this is the side that we believe, you know, th that we need you to see. And it, it it baffles my mind how people can just be okay with that, right? They just stop there. Um, I mean, how do you see this as someone, obviously, a big understanding of the tech sector? Uh, this is a a battle. This is a battle between independent voices of truth and reason and these big mega corporations. Uh, and every day, all of us, whatever we engage with online, we are involved in, in that battle. And you obviously understand this more than many. Yeah, the, the weaponization of language, especially, you know, is being used against us. Notice, you know, they, when you... <laughs> You said I've, I've experienced this. I mean, they they present you in the way that they want the world to perceive you, and they will write the details. You know, if you didn't say it, they will write it so that you did, and that they will make sure <clears throat> that they have covered their tracks as far as framing you in the position. And this is all about framing and optics. It was very interesting to listen to these ladies. You know, again, unpacking all the many layers of the WHO, et cetera. You know, the way they purposely write this language, you know, it, it pacifies our members of parliament. No one is actually questioning um, what their intentions are or the, the interests they serve or the private organizations and corporations 
behind these uh, special interest groups and discussions, you know, because again, this is about, you know, and a huge opportunity for the few to make a lot of money putting in their, their various sectors, right? Climate change, 15 minute cities, you know, these kind of, the, the, the way that they're shifting society into these paddocks, you know, soon transport will be questionable and, you know, who gets to go where and your carbon eco score and all of this. Now, I believe this is put into our faces for a reason. They've, they've, they've kind of upped the antic. And, and so all of these uh, stories that we're discussing, I highlight them in my, on, on my uh, timeline because I really, they're just so insane that, you know, that if you're not getting one, then maybe another will. But I believe that this is intentional to, to really put this in front of people's faces. And the more that they do it, the more the people are, are, you know, waking up to the fact that there is something else going on here. And then in this case, these guys, these unelected invisible government, that shadow government that they want to mock us for calling out, really does pull the strings in which, you know, these governments operate and behave. Um, and they're doing it now under the guise of the pandemic, you know, using these, you know, power grabs to enact all these, you know, really stripping human rights and making us, you know, but a mere product inside their kind of systematic system of tyranny, really. And I, I look at this climate change, we own the science. Again, follow the science that brings you to the money every single time. You know, we're so conditioned to believe that these scientists are, you know, the, the, the prophets from God that know everything about how the, you know, the, the climate works and where the, you know, the, the economy and uh, the earth is changing to. And I find it so exhausting, you know, having to explain to people, you know, who funds them, what's the publishers, you know, that fund them, what are their financial incentives here? You know, is this not, but a mere play to get research money, you know, for another grant, et cetera. So, well, f look, following the money, this is one place that we follow the money to, which is uh, Bill Gates and, of course, very concerned of climate change. I mean, it's in your face. We're told to cope with our paper straws and we'll save the planet while others uh, live a life of luxury with their yachts or private jets coming in for climate change conferences. Uh, you can't get more blatant in your face and yet the public right. seem to make allowances for this kind of mega class at the top at what point do we stop enabling this with our compliance i mean we're we're we've come so far in the last few years but you know looking at something as blatant as this you know, again, and they have the girl covered her mask, like like a docile, compliant little sheep. You know what? And then, you know, you've got this clown of a character who's parading around as leader of the, you know, the Western world, you know, as, as president of the United Nations. And he's just a complete embarrassment, as is his entire crime family. So, uh, uh, sorry, that was that was Biden. The, we're like, I got that. We're looking at Bill Gates. But, you know, Bill Gates, again, another one that we're hailed a hero uh, for because he, you know, he's gone around saving the world from the vaccines. No one's even mentioning what's happened in India and, and how, 
there are a lot of people starting to fight back and legally pursue justice against this kind of coercion of, of uh, turning everyone into a pincushion. I, I just I can't stand the fact that Bill Gates is still around in the in the headlines. Everything about this man is a lie. Everything we've been told, this character, the image, the family man, the presentation, even Microsoft, it's just a complete joke. So Bill Gates oh. is one of my favorite people. <laughs> well, let's look at deeper in the politics in the US side. Uh, let me bring up this, and if I can just ask my producer, we'll, I'll bring this up, and then you jump into story six. But I'll bring this up on uh, – this blew me away. You hadn't posted this, Jennifer, but I wanted to pull it up because it's the most outspoken attack I have seen so far in the British media. The scandal engulfing Hunter Biden is now so grave, even America's left-wing media – can't ignore it any longer as claims of $5 million bribes, drugs, prostitutes, blah, blah, blah. The, the media kind of have always put Hunter out, but the, for the first time, I've read a headline like this, really connecting him and saying, actually, Joe Biden also knew what was happening. How is there a wake-up point over there in the U.S.? It's slowly, it's slowly. <laughs> happening yes i mean again we're there's i feel like this by the time this has come out i mean it has been painful for those of us that have said for years you know this laptop is real just like the anthony weiner laptop i mean these kind of you know trumors the the whispers the conspiracies that media won't touch it's because a lot of these people that they're incentivized or financially incentivized uh to cover for are involved and excuse me for kind of at, you know, <laughs> I was thinking of this story with the Bill Gates thing, because, you know, both of these images of these men as these family men and, you know, their relationships with their children are portrayed falsely. I mean, Biden is one. This family is openly known, as are the Obamas. And I think it's really interesting that we're finally now. I mean, all together as a public with the, you know, the mainstream taking us through this mysterious death of the chef, right? That with yeah. Obama. Um, at the same time, we're finding out about the, you know, or legitimizing this Biden, you know, crime family. I mean, you look into Jill and their relationship with, I mean, there's, there's some dark stuff here. And the fact that the media has never said anything about it or continued to dismiss it, um, you know, I, I still believe, and this is categorically true throughout the country. I mean, there are a lot of people that don't, that do not recognize this man as president. I mean, he didn't get the votes. So there's, there's just no, there's no, we're, we're just so battle fatigued with this kind of endless waging war, you know, feeling like we are constantly, um, scrutinized and targeted or labeled conspiracy theorists for speaking out. When again, this just keeps coming out. This, you know, we're seeing more and more drip out into the media where people have previously dismissed it. And this Hunter Biden thing can't happen fast enough. I mean, his it's hilarious. He was gonna take a plea deal and then his prosecutors tried to get him out or you know, and then now the plea deal is gone. Well, now let's let's finally go for it. And while we're at it, let's see the Epstein list as well. You know? 
Go on, We'll get on to the uh, sign of freedom in a, in a bit on that, but it was funny that Hunter was pleading guilty and then 10 minutes later was pleading not guilty. Right? Suddenly a change. It's just laughable. <laughs> this whole story, I mean, this is doesn't stop with Hunter, but we've got to start somewhere. And he's the, he's the most, I mean, he's the logic flaw, the most blaring logic flaw of the family. I mean, we haven't even, like the press still doesn't give the diary, you know, the kind of what <laughs> that they should. And, uh, you know, it's, it's very interesting. And the media, I didn't, the thing I think I've learned since I've been back here, because again, I wasn't sure how long I was going to be back here. <clears throat> but now that I've been back here, I remember those that when I first came back, they said, this is not the country you left. And I didn't really understand what that meant because obviously living in London, you know, we're seeing through the BBC's eyes, you know, Obama's great. The economy's great. Hillary's great. I mean, all these wonderful agendas, narratives, ways of put framing the stories so that you assume Americans are insane, you know, that the, the gun control is out. Of, you, you see these headlines and you just think, wow, America, get it together. Then you come here and you realize how broken the system is. Peter, when I say it's broken, I mean, it's barely hanging on. And, and the country is just feeling this shift. Now, those that come in insidiously with their you know, satanic agendas and creepy rituals and masks and sanitizers a hand and bow down and, you know, LGBT 27 genders. Like you can see how they prey upon those that just can't keep up with how broken the system has become. But we have to live through this, this, you know, it wasn't enough to tell people the Bidens are, are, are totally, uh, a total criminal family. We have to actually, you know, peel off every single layer and it's not just the Democrats, it's both sides. And I come here and now understanding, you know, what exactly why Americans are the way they are. This is why they will not give up their guns. They absolutely do not ever trust the government. And some people look at that as crazy and because they, they see the headlines and absolutely the headlines make it seem America's gone off the deep end until you realize that there are actual people that are paid to do these kind of dis, you know disasters, just like we've seen COVID, plan a, you know... Uh, something to scare people into submission. This is how laws are passed. This is how you know people get on the bandwagon. I, and I, it's hard to stay here. It's hard to sit in your you know and watch how this unfolds because you want to get up and just burn it down, make it go go away faster. Um, and I see it in the UK, like the relationship between our two countries right now. This kind of slow bleed. You know, everything is just falling apart and it's up to us now to recognize that because it, we're it's never going to put itself together again the right way without some you know major you know rehauls you know revamps and restoring back to whatever it is we decide that you know we want to go back to 
I know people are really getting fed up with the big tech overreach, you know, and the fact that government continues to um, regulate in the name of, of tyranny and asking, you know, more and more information about people using the banks, shutting down their accounts. People are really on edge about what's happening within the financial system, if they're going to be threatened into a, you know, a civil social system that decides and, you know, when they can spend and how to spend, et cetera. So I think what we're seeing, all these crazy stories, and again, that's why I keep, you know, bringing them to to my little public feed, is to expose the many layers of corruption there are. I mean, this is the Great Awakening, the, the awakening of what has happened in front of us uh, in plain sight. 100%. And a lot of my friends say, it may be really shit, but we've got the Second Amendment. <laughs> That's, they say, the difference between the UK and US. One just little thing on on the Biden stuff. Uh, talking to some friends today, stateside, and they were saying, the Republicans don't understand what's happening. This has been played out to give the Democrats an excuse to remove Joe Biden and stick in Newsom or someone who could be even worse. Uh, what are your kind of thoughts on that? Because sure, Biden can't s- stumble all the way through to win the next election. No. And listen, I'm going to be very frank here. I don't even know if we're going to make it to the next election. Yeah, And I mean that. I know it sounds like a doomsday prophecy, you know, and I've been saying for the last three years, they will crash this financial system. I don't know when, I don't control the the strings, but there will be an economic collapse and this will have to take on some kind of transition within military. There will be something like this. The Democrats, this kind of globalist power grab all of this comes with their plan. So there's always a plan, you know, put in someone worse. It's hard to imagine anyone worse. We had we had Obama and, you know, like now we have Biden. I mean, Michelle, they're going to I mean, they're all they're all really bad. So anybody coming in and I don't believe that we're going to we, you know, I was listening to a spaces last night. I've just people are so angry about the election they can't even agree how the election's going to go because this way of doing it doesn't work. So, you know, you're seeing all this kind of combating around biometrics, use of blockchain, you know, paper ballots. Um, it's already starting to get people anxious. And, you know, so I, I don't I don't see Biden. Biden never stood a chance to begin with. This election was stolen. And, and, and I, I'm sorry, I, I don't know who that upsets. You know, there's a lot of people that feel that Trump is an idiot. You know, he pushed the, the vaccines. I'll tell you, they still go after this man. This man, there's something with him that, you know, whatever we saw him endorsing these vaccines, it really does beg to question what the hell was really, what was he really saying with all his codes and weird way of speaking? Does my head in, but there are people that know how to decipher that. And what is it really, what, what really has been happening over the last few years? Because it's, it's not as black and white or taken at face value. So I believe they may have a plan to replace Biden, but there is also a plan to kind of, for this, for the entire constitutional republic to be restored back to what it, what it should have been and what the forefathers intended and how this country started. And I think we're going to get to that point of civil unrest until we have that breaking point. But it's not just the U.S. This is mm. going to happen everywhere. 
The point a friend said to me a few ba- oh, weeks ago on a podcast is what's the point of freeing everybody if no one ha- knows how to govern ourselves? If we don't go through this fight and this struggle, we will never know how to assemble you know, a, a, a new House of Lords or members of Parliament that actually serve the interests of the public and only the public. And if there was an invisible hand, how do we just destroy it? I think it starts with those globalist agencies. But again, we have to stop, you know, we have to push from the top down and the bottom up and continue to keep unraveling. Um, so that's that's what I, I think about what's going to happen with this upcoming election. I think mm-hmm. it's going to get to that point of breaking. Um, let's move on to your Twitter space. Someone said I said Jennifer was on Twitter or SpaceX. That would be very different than Twitter spaces. Very different. Um, here is your uh, Twitter space. Yeah, and you say part two coming on your Telegram channel next week. This is on Thursday. Uh, just it you touched on a little bit. If people missed it, what did they miss? So we, I, I've been very um, proactive as, as you hear me speak in my channel as, as far as helping people come to the place of this isn't over yet. Stop with the fear campaign, you know, stop enabling the fear porn, you know, online by retweeting this, oh, CBDCs, you know, it's one thing to let people know and awaken them. But at some point, we need to stand in our own conviction and do something about it. And and in this case, these women, you know, both legal uh, backgrounds have come together and have really spent a lot of time unpacking just who is the WHO, the World Health Organization, and what is and I've realized that if you know when we talk about it in full length sometimes people get muddled in all the little intricacies so the purpose of that call the other day and it's fascinating to hear is how broken the system is they're meant to be deciding on all of this May 2024 yeah right they can barely get a consensus they don't know what rooms are. You know, they don't know where things are half the time. You know, Jane was talking about these some of the smaller intercessions going on behind the closed doors without public. You know, so we have no idea what they're discussing. Then they're talking about the African nations that are, you know, the ones that are actually um, causing a lot of the, uh, you know, the, the, the pushback because they're not able to attend all these sessions. So I wanted to get people, you know, let them hear just on the ground what it's like, you know, at, at, at these sessions and how difficult it is to get anything agreed upon. And, and that this is, this presents an opportunity for us um, because we would have assumed in the past that our elected leaders, you know, I did, and these ladies did as well. We made the mistake of believing that members of parliament have, you know, work with these bureaucrats to represent the country's interests at these meetings. And what they have found is that they don't. And actually the members of parliament have no knowledge on these, you know, what happens at these bureaucratic and diplomatic level. Um, So someone is steering this ship behind the scenes and someone is making decisions on behalf of the country. um, But the people's elected officials, these members of parliament, aren't the ones uh, that are over making these decisions with the uh, WHO and, and the pandemic treaty. So these ladies uncover, 
you know, when we meet or when they're, when they're voting and what we can do to help raise awareness. And a lot of that is the boring, endless, you know, the thankless job of writing emails and creating paper trails and speaking out exactly of how they weaponize language. It's also really interesting, Peter, because they've, we've been emailing MPs for a year now and they've said, you know, most of these MPs don't see the real threat. They're not giving away our sovereign freedom. We're, that's not what. And then they're going to go through on part two, showing clause by clause how certain words are, are doing just that, but they're written in such a way that gives, you know, most people, they just don't have the, the brain capacity or have spent enough time discerning through what a lot of these changes in referendum, you know, little clauses mean. Um, but they want to use basically they it's hilarious in their pandemic treaties. They're putting in like alien invasion, you know, basically any extra, uh, you know, spacemen visiting any more pandemics, any kind of earth. So they cover all different areas of life to go under this one, you know, uh, central power. So we discuss them because it's going to stop. It's going to fall on its knees. There's no way. There's no way. Uh, this is going to go through and we, we got to push back. Each country has to opt out and opt, you know, but I think that because when this starts happening and people start seeing the centralization of power to people, they've never, you know, they, they, they've not even, not only didn't elect, they don't know who they are. Um, I think there's going to be more pushback, but again, it's that slow bleed. At what point do we get, where the masses start realizing, you know, that the UN, NATO, WHO, all of these things need to be shut down and burned at the stake immediately. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's go on to another topic. One that's really, really good news. Sound of Freedom uh, watched it from over here in the UK and how it's going out. Um, and I think I've read that it's now going to be released either limited or more widespread in the UK, made 150 million uh, crowdfunded. And to me, it's a, it's a perfect kind of hero Hollywood story. And yet, obviously, Disney tried to suppress. And your comment here was, if CNN is so sure that no powerful pedophile elite, then let's see the Epstein client list. And I think even CNN and a couple of them are grudgingly talking about Sound of Freedom because they have to, because it's done so well. But how do you see this playing out? Not only this film, which has galvanized uh, many people, but also this this whole issue of it does seem to be a network because why else would someone like Disney, after buying the rights, just put it in the bin, basically? Again, I think this is this movie is is part of an overall bigger picture here obviously this is a global issue a global problem a big business globally um and i think with what we've seen with epstein and galen maxwell if they were to drop this list right and and full you know full disclosure of of what actually happened and how you know these girls were trafficked and then used and then part of i think people would know what 
how to make sense of all of it. They wouldn't understand the layers of complicated webs that happen between, you know, private, uh, like, like what we see on the ground, you know, these kind of um, cartels of trafficking. But, you know, this doesn't just stop there. That's the ground level. That's your bound. These people work for each layer on up. And so I think as a way to kind of introduce this topic, we start in a country that we hear about trafficking that happens a lot that we have no control over, but we know it happens and it's terrible and it's frowned upon, but it's not our children, but it's, it's far enough, but close enough yet. You see, and then we take, we go on this journey, this arc of transformation of this hero that can't let go of these two little kids. So he does this big bust up steam. It is no coincidence. The media has to attack that um, and, and make it seem like this was just based on hypothetical, even though CNBC ran the segments a few years ago of, of, you know, this actually taking place in real life. But again, they're a bunch of hoodlums. They, you know, they all organized on an island somewhere really far away. Well, where else was an island really far away? You see, Hollywood has this beautiful way of uh, the power, the medium of the video, of the cinematic effect, you know, being able to hear people talk to people on a screen and watch it over and over again has a really amazing, powerful way of, of, of reaching that subconscious ability of seeding, you know, storylines and narratives. And they've done it for years. You know, we've talked about it on my channel, the use of symbolism and the way that they um, seed, they let you know a little bit about a thing or two, you know, a little bit of aliens, a little bit of vampires, a little bit of ritual, you know, magic, you know, that, oh, but it's all make-believe, you know, but there are people that, you know, look into all of that stuff. Um, so Hollywood has this great way of seeding uh, into the subconscious, which is what I believe Sound of Freedom does. And when a film is successful, then we see another film and another film and another film. And you see this, this is a trend. It happens in Hollywood. So when superhero, you know, everybody, there was tons of, you know, franchises and the, the Marvel and the Transformers and everybody that, that was a really big trend. Then vampires came in and that was a big trend. So you see all the movies made about, so this is an introduction of a whole new um, space of, of, of creating content that can actually really take the public you know, a little bit at a time uh, through this this horrible business. We saw a little bit with Taken, but again, that was just a Hollywood movie. We're going to see this with, you know, Sound of Freedom. I guess they're going to come. There's another one with Haiti coming out. Um, I know that the filmmakers got us a lot of slack because they were, where are the children? Why aren't they speaking? I, to my knowledge, there is, they are planning to come forward publicly eventually, you know, with their story. Um, people want to, you know, attack the film because Carlos Slim was in, you know, again, I think what better way uh, to kind of reveal who's behind these things or to draw a spotlight on where they might have generated money than through the discussion of such trafficking. So, again, I don't know the full story with Carlos Slim, but I, you know, I understand why people are concerned there. I know I have friends personally that have invested and put money into this film because they wanted it to be released and they were able to attend a screening with Donald Trump and they felt like they, so I believe there's enough good people involved with the enough good intentions that whatever TV, you know, business might be going on. I believe that's part and parcel of the uncovering 
We need to see this. We see this all the time. They make non-for-profits to fight a cause to funnel the money back into the criminal deeds. So, I mean, if we're seeing this now, and again, I'm not profaning to know anything, but if we're looking at how Sound of Freedom, I mean, this is just one bite of the apple. There's so many layers to how trafficking, I mean, we could look at, you know, Pornhub and the exploitation of girls and, you know, in, in the work, working place, Hollywood. I mean, there's a million stories you can tell in Hollywood. Um, every girl, every woman who has gone to Hollywood and made it out alive has a story of some capacity on this. So I just feel like there's a lot of different um, ways to present this content and and build on this one monumental movie. I think what's really great about it is that we are seeing the power of the people and we are seeing that force that when we decide to put our money into something we believe in, we can knock down things like Indiana Jones and tell Disney, go, you know, stop trafficking children through your many different layers of corporations. Um, but you see my point, right? Like, so we're able to actually bring a, about attention and shine the light on very uh, cinematic or dynamite stories that need to be told. Um, and this is how I believe they're going to end up, you know, bringing out the Epstein stuff to really, there's, there's so many layers and so, there wasn't just an Island. I mean, there's babe, there's like underground tunnels and, 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 you know, lots of dark cages and baby factory ranches and, there's a lot of stuff that will make people very uncomfortable and respond. Um, and so I think th the point is not to shut down the public, but to really take them on the journey of how big of a problem this is. 100%. Uh, with too many, two other stories just to touch on, and they do seem to be so diverse, but there is so much happening. And I think it's vital for the viewers and listeners to understand. This was a tweet by Ed Dowd, the wonderful Ed Dowd. We've had him a couple of times. And he says, only the willingly blind are puzzled at this point. And it is, um, let me, it is an article, Boston Globe. We've seen similar headlines. Rise in cancer among younger people worries and puzzles doctors. Um, it seems as though doctors are very puzzled about many health, heart issues, cancer rates. Uh, and I just love the way Ed connects the dots, shows the data and says, this is where the trend is going. But kind of what were your thoughts on this? I, I cannot believe how people still dote on the science when it they you know they followed the science to get these jabs and now they have you know rheumatoid arthritis eczema you know heart issues lung issues you know strokes in the eye cataract issues. i mean all these different layers of health deterioration and they refuse to acknowledge the two uh connecting and this, I mean, like I had a friend who recently had a heart fib, you know, the problem with his heart. And he went on and on and on about all the things they did for him and how common this is, you know, these days. And I, I just, I sat back wondering, you didn't think for a second to, to connect the dots with what's happening with people, you know, on the bigger picture here. 
like I, I, I want, I mean, I, I said, have you looked, has anyone mentioned the jab? No, no. The doctor thinks that unlikely. How? And if doctors are so damn puzzled, then they shouldn't be doctors anymore. Step down. I mean, I find this because I, I found a product that I believe is doing uh, incredible work. You know, the, the redox molecule. I, you know, I use it myself. I, I know this is why I had a healthy boy delivered, you know, because I had a lot of issues. You know, so I'm, I'm, I'm talking about health and solutions and people that come into it questioning what is this, you know, this, this product because I follow the science and they don't even wonder why their health has deteriorated vertically, you know, in the last few years. They won't even entertain the idea. And I loved that, you know, just the willingly blind. You know, I'll pick, to, I'll see this, but I won't see that. And and I I, I want to shame these doctors. You know, we have to see, and, and the fact that, you know, like I look at, um, I have a really good friend, Dr. Peter McCullough, and, and you know, he's, look at the work he's doing and constantly being put on the stand to speak out and, and show how the same science that is worshipped and adored is actually showing what they are saying is incorrect, and they still don't want to see it. Yeah, um, but it is those voices. We, Ed Dodd was with us six weeks ago. Uh, Dr. McCullough was with us two months ago. Um, and it it's crazy when it, you talk about bravery, standing up and speaking truth, but they've destroyed their medical career uh, simply because they want to speak truth. And we need people like that to stand up and be counted. Dr. Peter Hotez is one of the worst of the worst. I, mean, I just have to now. Yeah. yeah. What a line ball. And, and yeah. so this is, this is the epitome of the medicalists. These are one of the TV doctors that we're all supposed to gloat and praise. You know, meanwhile, the other doctors are, are sidelined. And I know the, the truth community gets really divided about the intentions or the, you know, what's this guy first he was a you know telling everyone to get jabbed now he's not and and i <clears throat> i think we have to use this arc of transformation this this kind of own narrative spin um as a way to keep keep bringing people into the light to keep showing them how this it, you know has been weaponized against them how waking up is not something to be ashamed of but actually is you know we all do it in our own time but this this thing especially you know you have to hold people by the hand i've realized in wonder and awe how fr i mean people are so dependent on their doctors and their scripts and the tests and the blood and the that, 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 that. I mean, they just can't wait to go find another thing wrong with them. And the way that doctors are glorified and not, you know, and with, with absolute zero consequence, they continue to peddle the same poison that keeps these, these people customers for life. Yeah. And it's, we'll finish off on a, depressing note <laughs> on technology it's online safety bill i followed this closely yeah. i work part-time in parliament so i follow this and it is at the last stage going to go through every mp wants it through bar maybe oh. half a dozen um and you say this is surveillance not protection it's built to be protecting children yeah. but it's very different but that headline has people have bought into that 
and they're believed. But tell us about this, because what's happened in the UK is probably the most dangerous. The EU adopted their own, but the UK are leading the charge on this surveillance. I think one of the reasons I poked the establishment or got under their skin years back um, before they did the hit piece, uh, you know, I, I was a huge advocate across the UK for cyber skills because knowing how these children up and down the country were exposed to these collaborative skills and then shamed when doidling into the unethical area or doing a port scan or doing something they shouldn't be. And there was a lot of skill going unused. So I spoke Cheltenham on down. I mean, national crimes, my event was this, the you know first time they put law enforcement on with the hackers, right? And it was fantastic. It was an incredible discussion. And this is where I saw how petrified they were um, you know, they needed the skill set, absolutely. But the idea of giving free access or reign, and this is, you know, uh, I was I was very uh, outspoken and proactive to try to do something around the protection of cyberbullying and the grooming of the online, you know, that we're seeing with kids because they are being targeted and surveilled. And this whole notion that government has to step in now with this power-grabbing surveillance bill Um, is complete nonsense because they could have been doing that years ago and they chose not to. They continued to exacerbate the the, the problem by creating a generation of kids dependent on screens and then act surprised when these kids start uh, messing with code, playing with code, exploiting code, running SQL injections, right? All these kind of different things that kids do. And this right there is another way of allowing government to come in and and basically see everything you're doing. And again, they're doing it in the name of security, uh, you know, to protect our most, our basic, you know, most fragile uh, user. But we know that's not true. We, we know because they wanted to inject these children with these experiments. We know because th- this happens every single day and there's nothing being done to stop the trafficking, if anything, or, or the grooming or the sexualization of children. In fact, now MPs are encouraging it. The same people that sat there and endorsed a man uh, with a nipple fetish breastfeeding the child. I mean, I cannot believe that man has remove his seat. These people have to go there. They want you to believe that they care about the safety of your children when they are encouraging this kind of chaos, you know, promoting it, looking the blind eye, walking along with it into the, I mean, even the conservatives have completely lost the plot here, you know? And so I'm so glad you mentioned this because I, I was taught long ago, if you remove encryption, you remove remove everyone's ability to defend themselves. And then you're putting trust in the government to take on that liability, that excess burden to then, you know, surfeit the need of security. They'll never be able to keep up ever. Never. There will always be a way in. There will always be an attacker. So when you hand them the, the, and then yet they have no, you know, uh, responsibility to fix the problem that they enabled. They'll just call it, you know, wipe their hands of it and walk away. Typical political style. So I think this is this is an outrage. This I mean, parents need to wake up. This has nothing to do with protecting your children online. I'm telling you, I saw it years ago 
when I was the one banging the drum, are you kidding? This kid can get into not only NASA, but, you know, like armed guards, like security camera footage on the other side of the world. What else can they get into? What can they detonate? What can they tinker with? Government was concerned not so much about them, but about them exploiting the data and secrets they had hidden. Trust me, protecting children is the last on their list. You're 100%. We will... We'll finish on that, Jennifer. I so appreciate your time coming along and joining us today. Love following uh, your Twitter. Uh, I saw you, Neil Oliver, on recently, recent guest on uh, Podbean, so people can follow that, and uh, real Jennifer Okuri on Telegram. Thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me, Peter. Great to see you. Good to see you. Thank you. Thank you. If you like what we do, Sign up to our mailing list, donate, share, and subscribe to our many platforms at heartsofoak.org. Thank you for listening.